but with a sweet tipped cigar, if I know it's going to be sweet tipped, I don't want to cut all the sweet tip off. So I'm going to use the punch, and you're welcome to as well. Hmm. Didn't think about that. That leaves more of the sweet. It'll get full, and I'll pick it out later. So go all the way in with that. Hmm. You go all the way in. Yeah. Um. Just just until you've cut the tip. Okay. And then it, I always test the draw. The draw is fine. The, the 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 theory is that if you don't open it all the way up, the draw won't be good. But these are always great. So a little bit of sugar. Yeah, I already like it. Cuba, Cuba. Oh man, that uh, <laughs> that beach nut was good yesterday. I was I was so bored. I just stuck it. And the thing is, I waited. It's like, ah, I don't understand. It's like, finally, it's like, yeah, I'll stick some in. I stick some in just when Bryce came back, and they mm -hmm. sent me to actually do a job. But it was a job where I could leave it in. It's like, it wasn't bugging me. I could I could spit. I had to put a light on one of the buildings, and I didn't really. It, it was a tin building. I mean, it was double-walled tin, so the wall was insulated, and I had two. But when I hung the light, I was like, you know, this isn't as sturdy as I'd like it to be. <laughs> But, I mean, how sturdy can you get it? Hanging it on tin, right? Right. So. And it's also really fun. I'm jabbery this morning. It's also really fun working for him. Because he just, he'll just go out and buy a light. It's like, and he doesn't, like, bottom dollar. He just goes out and goes, oh, yeah. And buys this $300 light and puts it on the side of his building. You know, instead of looking for a $29.99 one like I would. Mm -hmm. <laughs> tastes good. Last time I went to the hardware store for him, I filled my pouch up with a bunch of stuff that I'm going to get pissed that I don't have when he has me on some job, which is really nice that I can do that. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. say, hey, throw these five things on there. Mm -hmm. well, I never dreamed my life. My wife forgot. Uh -huh. That's funny. I'm gonna open up and see if we can drop breeze through. Is that okay? Or you yeah, yeah, go ahead. I may I may go get a sweatshirt if I get cold. It'll it almost always draws a breeze. Yeah, just a little air movement. Okay. Oh, you made me laugh yesterday when you texted about bringing Harvey Weinstein and uh, <laughs> Or not do. I just wonder if you could have a civil conversation with. I mean, it, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. That's the question. I don't like to think anyone's so locked into their philosophy. I can believe someone's so isolated that that they're locked into their philosophy, but I can't believe they're so like unopen that they wouldn't be able to dialogue about it. Honestly, over the years, I've come to a third conclusion mm -hmm. that some people are just so evil. <laughs> I don't think it's ignorance that drives what they do. I think it's, I really do think that it's evil. Yeah. Are we recording there is, yet, by the way? Yeah, we, okay, okay, we are. There, okay, there, so. is, there is such a thing as selling your soul to the devil. Yeah, but there is a, and, but here's the thing, and this, this comes from when I was a kid, but when you see the story, oh, I can't remember what the story was, where the devil came down to Georgia, is that the one where the kid mm -hmm. sells his soul to the devil? Mm -hmm. or well, or, no, he wants to. The devil, yeah, he's looking for a soul to steal, Yeah, so he's looking to make a deal. 
when it's obvious, it's real easy for a young teenage Christian guy that I was at times. Oh, and I would say no. To, I would say no to Satan. Yeah. But Satan doesn't come, as they say, with the horns and the pitchfork. You know, he comes dressed up in something that you want, that you like, that you think is good. Mm-hmm. And so, speaking of evil, when I've heard the—I don't know if he's, he considers himself a pundit, but the Ben Shapiro, who I listen to sometimes, when I've heard him say, um, you, "You just got to call it evil." Maybe you're, maybe you're right. Maybe you just got to call it out as evil. You know. I, I mean, I don't know how much you get into looking at. The whisperings of the internet and whatever, but there, there's, there's a large, I think, a large enough collection of evidence that there's a huge Luciferian following in some of the higher circles of Hollywood and of Washington, and and I, you know, I can believe that. The, the types of people that would do anything for power and influence are the types of people that do make deals with, with the enemy. Well, to, to the point of openly worshiping Satan. I mean, that's. That happens, uh, perhaps. But I'm I'm very very much don't like conspiracy theories, and I also think it's easy to make a conspiracy theory out of someone who is a hedonistic power driven individual. If they're that type of person, you could probably look at their life and build a conspiracy theory out of the way they live, especially if they're successful and have money, get the money and the power, and if they're not really legitimately worshiping the devil, it would certainly look like it from a Christian perspective. Mm. So that's that's my take. That's my twist, my counterpoint. Mm. <clears throat> By the way, counterpoints don't, you know, you've been married longer than me, but counterpoints don't work getting married. I'm a real counterpoint person. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work very well. Like, uh, sometimes my wife just puts yes or no, are we going or are we not? Yeah. I don't want a counterpoint. <laughs> I don't want a debate. Oh, Yeah. So I didn't even know that recording was on, which is fine. It's kind of fun when you don't know it's on. So should I talk about the cigars? Yeah, let's start? talk about these these things here. All right. So Drew Estate has done a good job making good cigars that are infused. Instead of the 20 years ago, the only, they infused really crappy cigars to sell them to whoever wanted a sweet, crappy cigar. We're doing the Cuba Cuba today. It's a sweetened tip. Um, I expected it to be mild, but for straws, I wouldn't call it mild. Probably medium. Um, but anyway, that's what we're smoking, and I'm, I'm enjoying this, even though it's a sweet tip. I enjoy it. That sounds like I wouldn't enjoy a sweet tip normally. I do enjoy sweet tipped cigars. I'd like to know, I should research this on the internet at some point, I've heard that authentic Cuban cigars, some of them were sweet-tipped. It was just normal. So, like, when people say, oh, I want an authentic cigar, it's like, well, a sweet-tipped cigar isn't necessarily non-authentic, if that's mm-hmm. accurate. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt a bit that they would. Yeah. It just, I mean, that area, sugar and tobacco, that's what you're growing. Sugar, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, look at the way they like their coffee. Mm-hmm. It's sweet, sweet, and strong. I think we're being cubists by saying that. Uh, <laughs> by making the cu- generalization? Cu- cubists. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> definitely cubists. <laughs> well, so we... It's been a while since we visited. 
I've been spending a lot of time working hard and resting at night, not a whole lot of time paying attention to the world. How about you? Uh, I try to pay attention while I work. My days have been really long lately, so I'll listen to podcasts or news or things along the way. But I, I'm a little bit tired of what I'm hearing. I, it seems like uh, there's so much. I think, okay, I'll, just to boil, just go straight to it. Okay. I, I am so sick of hearing half-truths and deceit everywhere you go. And it's just, it's, I'm just, I'm so sick of it. You know, you, you listen to the news, you get these biased opinions, you listen to uh, individuals, and you get sort of half, half the story all the time. I just want to know the truth, and I don't really know where to go to find it. Maybe you can't go to find it, as far as what's the truth about what's going on, really, with things. Um, yeah. Like, the, okay, case in point, Vegas. This mass shooting that happened in Vegas. We still don't have... Uh, <coughs> Uh, an official story that makes any kinds of sense, any kind of sense. They've changed it how many times, and there's still tons of evidence that hasn't been accounted for and stuff, questions that they can't answer. I've personally seen a video taken on a cell phone from that night where it's, you can obviously clearly tell that there are shots coming from automatic shots, so it's not like the cops fighting with the guy or whatever, coming from really close and really far away. It's not an echo because they're different rates of fire, they're different guns, different guns. So it's obviously two, at least two shooters. Two shooters, interesting. Okay. And, you know, you don't hear, you know, all you hear are what you call conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. and nobody's giving it any credence from the official perspective. You watch the sheriff talk, he's super frustrated, you can tell. Like, he's had to change his story. He, he's obviously withholding information that he knows that he's not supposed to talk about. They keep changing everything. Um, and then I read an article yesterday that every person, and, you know, Obviously, again, I can't confirm any anything. You just hear what you hear. Every person that did what they were told and handed over their cell phones to the FBI for evidence, you know, because everybody was taking videos and pictures and stuff, and they were supposed to, if they were supposed to turn that stuff over, every single one of them has received them back totally blank, wiped clean. All the stuff is gone. So, so <clears throat> you can't take a second look at what you recorded. Wow. It's unbelievable. Why? Why would they? keep anything secret why would they keep anything from the public that's my question well i think there's only one legit answer and that and and that comes back to an issue of trust if it's somebody i trust giving me information sometimes you like if i trust law enforcement i'm not saying i do but if i did i would trust them to say here's this here's what we know and they might be withholding some information so they're not telling the guy that they haven't caught yet that they know who he is and they're coming to get it. There you go. So, again, and this comes back to truth, truth sometimes relies as much on trust as it does reality. Because you trust somebody, you assume something's true. You don't. It, it might not be, um, but you assume it is. So, you know, are they? is there a conspiracy theory? They're withholding information, you know, for... Because they were paid a bunch of money, because something's going on, they don't want anybody to know about, or are they withholding information because it's in the best interest of the investigation? I I think that first off, truth isn't doesn't change whether or not you trust whoever's giving it to you. The truth is the truth, and that's what it is. Okay, I missed. Def- yeah, but I, 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 but I, was, I understand yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. I still think that there's a way of telling the truth that doesn't always have to show your hand 
you you could say you could say uh, listen there are still active uh, there are still active elements in this case that would that are a danger to the public if we disclose this information we will disclose this information as soon as we humanly can but there are still active components in this case that we can't uh, compromise by sharing this information so stay tuned or whatever instead what they do is they put out an official narrative then they go back and change the official narrative then they go back and change the official narrative and and I don't believe that it's because they're learning more information because the information's been out since Monday morning at 5 o'clock when I was in Colorado watching the news about this thing we were hearing this stuff already well now they're sort of slowly coming out quote unquote officially with this stuff that we knew all along it's just, it is really maddening. Is the security guard getting shot through the door, is that confirmed information? No, that that's would, conflicted information. That's conflicted. I've heard that he was shot up to 45 minutes before the actual shooting even started. That's the last thing I heard, and I thought that was confirmed, that he was he was shot before the barrage of shooting over the crowd okay. took place. That's what I thought that okay. was confirmed. Yeah, see, we're talking about Vegas here. Okay. Everything is on camera, and everything is... Watched like a hawk. Okay, it's the most secure place on the planet, and a, and a security guard lays in the hallway, shot for forty five minutes before anybody does anything. I just okay. that's hard for me to swallow. So who? I mean, this is what I'm talking about. It's like it's maddening, and and it it would be one thing if Vegas was an isolated incident, but this is ha this is what we we get with all elements of the news. What's going on in Washington? What they're doing with with the president and Congress and and. Everything's like this. It's crazy. Just look. Okay, I'm ranting, but that's okay. That's <laughs> I'm gonna one more thing. Yesterday, I saw in the news that Congress is gonna make a vote on this tax reformation or whatever tax tax law changes. Oh, they're gonna do it over Christmas weekend. Okay, red flags. Any the only legitimate reason you would have a vote over a holiday weekend is one so the public doesn't pay attention, or two, because half of the Congress is not going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, well, that's scary. It's maddening. It, well, it is, and even even if it passed stuff that I liked, that still seems a little... It's way wrong-headed. Well, yeah, so... Yeah. So, like, I'm hearing my, the president talk about it... My senses are just going nuts right now. Yeah, so, it might be fun to... I'm not well informed on the new tax plan. I only heard the president talk about it, which I'm not sure he's well informed on his new tax plan. But anyway, <laughs> so um, <clears throat> anyway, con conspiracies, etc., about Vegas. There, on one hand, it is the the media, what we might call the new media. Mm -hmm. It is kind of the internet media the small guys it is their job to say hey what's going on here yeah. it, it does keep people honest but then people immediately <clears throat> call it a conspiracy theory when they offer an alternate opinion right which which, I, which <laughs> it's not fair <laughs> well it's it's not uh. but um and that's probably more of a sign of who you trust yeah. than than what you what you actually think because mm -hmm. it's in general i've decided you know i'm i'm 50 so it's like you know in general the cops are probably doing their job um i, I did hear a alleged expert it was on fox news and so i guess i sort of trust fox um you know sort of trust he was saying <clears throat> and i like the statement because he said cops aren't paid to die they are paid to do their job, and, and it, it's not like they can just run down 
they know where to shoot, run down the hall immediately and, you know, go into the room. They ha- they don't know if there are two shooters. They don't know if there are other cameras. They don't know if someone, you know, there's a shooter in one room that's going to shoot the cops as they come by to go to the main... There's a lot of stuff they don't know. So the the taking time thing, 45 minutes seems like a long time, but taking time to get there is is an issue of protocol, policy, procedures that, that they have to go through to kind of protect themselves, and yes, their job is to protect the public, but they're also making sure that six cops aren't shot as they're trying to get to the shooter. So at least that made me say, okay, that explains some of it. <clears throat> but if this security guard was shot 45 minutes before, 45 minutes seems like a long time. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, uh, terrorism tied to... Uh, That's what I'm hearing. Is there would there be a reason for the U.S. government to keep some of that silent, so that they could better get to somebody? I don't know. The lines get blurry really quick because the same thing that <clears throat> well, see, like you like you said, truth comes down to trust. It's a it's obviously apparent that the the government does not trust the population because they're not giving them information. So, so, I mean, so, so there's two arguments there. Okay, one, they don't trust the population with information because they think the population is going to go share, uh, give that to, or that it would get in the wrong hands and they would foil their pursuit of more bad guys. Okay, that's one question. On the other hand, the public is a great asset in keeping themselves safe. So you'd think that, you'd think that if, if, I mean, dude, if you're... Okay, when the police are looking for somebody, they put out an all-points bulletin. They want as many cops to know and as many people to know what they're looking for as they can to get their eyes and ears out. Now, you can't tell me that the, the public of the United States is involved in a vast terrorist conspiracy, and, and the government they are the only ones that are not in on it. I mean, the more, it seems like the more people that know, the more would be better. It's like Jesus when he's talking about Nicodemus, you know, like things in coming to light... When he was talking to Nicodemus, the only time you hide something is if you want it. If, you, if it's a secret, you want it to stay hidden. I, I think it's ca- a little bit counterintuitive to say it's better if the truth is hidden. Well, so that that challenged me a little bit, and it's got my the wheels turning in my head. So, if the if big if so, so hypothetical, if there's a second shooter, if they know who a certain person is that they're after and they want to catch him, is it better to keep a secret or is it better to say, here's what we know, public, go find him. That's what I would do. So, <laughs> you know, and, and I almost feel like this is, a, this, is a, this is a leftist fear tactic to say, oh my gosh, the public will kill 50 of the wrong, they'll, they'll go out and shoot him and kill 25 of the wrong people. I don't think that's true, but that... But there is something real to that. Are they going to harass? Are they going to hurt the wrong people? Gosh, I guess trusting the public would probably be the better thing to do. I would hope so. But and that's the other thing. They're, okay, so the two... the two. Okay, we're ifing right now. So yeah. the two... Ifing, not ifing. <laughs> yeah, we're ifing this all up. We're ifing it up. Um, so the two suspects, we'll call it, organizations, are ISIS and Antifa. Okay. As far as it being terror, you know, some, driven by more than just a guy, one guy. And if it's either one of those things, 
I believe, my personal belief is that there are elements of those both... Uh, how, how should I put this? There are people very, very high up in government. I, know, I knew that's what you yeah. well seat, Well seated, deeply seated in government that have, a vi that have a vested interest in keeping both of those groups active and, and, and going. So that's, that's the thing that really pisses me off the most is because we, we see them covering, the, covering it up. And man, this is dangerous stuff that they're dealing with and I think the public has a right to know what's going on. You watch any of that information about... Uh... Is it one of Steven Crowder's guys? Steven, Steven Crowder's producer or something? Crowder is louder guy? Like, yeah, that guy. His producer went undercover and infiltrated some Antifa stuff. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like actually legitimately maybe got a little, a little scared and got out pretty fast and took the info yeah. to the police. <laughs> well, have you seen uh, James O'Keefe in Project Veritas? Has done the same thing. Oh, really? Just, I didn't know that. Okay. He, he's kind of the one that really gets <laughs> into... Um, well, for example, this week he just released a bunch of information. He has video recordings of people from YouTube and from the New York I Think Times mm -hmm. um, about how they're they're on purpose pushing liberal agenda, hiding con hiding more conservative videos and things, and and mm -hmm. really showing a big bias in the supposedly neutral media. And like it's it's really blowing things out of the water. So the, yeah. That's the thing that they forget is that there are spies, there are yeah. white hat spies, um, and more and more right. of those are not in the government. They're in like the, the public sector. People just doing it on their own, going in and infiltrating these organizations. Well, and see, and I forget those are the people that I I remember those people out there. I forget that there are people enmeshed in our government, whether we want it or not, that are bad people, mm -hmm. um, and they're there for power. They're there for money. They're there for control. And I'm not sure you can ever avoid it, but I think our founders had it right when they wanted to avoid letting government get so big yeah. that that power matters so much. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I think that's the only safety against it. Um, Is openness, you mean? Transparency? And, and, and small government. I mean... I mean there's le there's less to be open and transparent about when it's small. That, right. That's another thing. But yeah. there's also less power to grab. Um, you know, and, and this is we're jumping topics, and I'm not sure I care today. It's been a while since we've met. Yeah. Cigars good, and it's I'm okay just, like, just yeah, that's, we're just gonna we're just gonna just barf pure. information yeah. today. <laughs> but the idea when people talk talk about oh should should we do anything about Google? I don't want a bigger government trying to control something else. Because, honestly, I think it's probably smoke and mirrors. If Google's big enough and the government tries to control them, Google's going to control what the government controls and make it look like they're doing their job. Here's the, here's the oversight, is that Google is, gov is the government. Yeah. Google is the government. It was started by the government. It was funded by the was government. It? Yeah. And, oh. and, it, and it is definitely in cahoots with the government. It has special contracts and deals with the government to monitor and to... You know, serve you up search results that are more in line with the way the government wants you to think. Same with well, in Google, YouTube. I mean, wow. You know, that's a that's a huge influencer right there. Huge. What do you call it? Hub of influence. So are we all going to Bing now? <laughs> See that do, it that doesn't do any good. It's a false it's a false sense of competition because well, Bing is Microsoft, right? Bill Gates, Microsoft. Yeah, but yeah. Well, they're all working oh, together. Okay, <laughs> counterpoint. 
everybody big is going to, I mean, a, a, a wise businessman, his business starts getting big, wise, that, I might have used that term a little too soon there, but a businessman who is trying to make money for himself gets a chance for a government contract, fine, buys a government contract. Gets a chance for another contract. Gets a subtle hint that he should maybe not do this one thing he was going to do or he won't get this contract. So he's like, no, whatever. Okay, so he just, he caves and he gets the contract. On some level, I can't fault him. Now, I can see the snowball. Fifteen years later, you're like, man, I'm kind of effed. I'm still getting these contracts, making buttloads of money. Mm -hmm. So they got more pressure because they keep giving me the contracts and it's just, it snowballs. I can see that. That's an if. I'm assuming... But, you know, um, you're just, you start out making a good business. At what point do you say, no, I'm not going to do it, and then get shot? Yeah. <laughs> you know? See, that's, and that's the problem. Okay, so, like, YouTube is a, is a good case for this. And I, we may not get the details right, but... Okay, so YouTube. Is, it's a website that allows people to upload their individual content and share it with the world. It's great. You know, it's, neat, it's a neat tool for people. I mean, people have used it for all sorts of stuff. So, along comes government and says, knock, 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 YouTube, um, you are allowing ISIS to put their propaganda videos up on your website, and we want you to stop, because it's radical, and it's not good for us all. The moment YouTube says, okay, we'll take down that content, as, as egregious as it may be, violates the public trust and, and is, a, is the classic example of trading liberty for security. And we're ending up with neither. Yeah, because... Yeah. <clears throat> so, you, so you have to have... You know, yeah, you, you, it has to be either be open or not. Giving up liberty for security. Mm -hmm. I, I have to remember that because I'm... And that's the, that's the thing because when you... And, and security, I'm always, there, there's, there's words that I am very careful not to trust, even when people that I care about and trust say them. Safety, security, when you say them. So I'm giving up security. I know what you mean, but when most people say, you want to, they'll be, oh, you know, you want, you want things to be safe. Oh my gosh, you don't want ISIS to grow. No, you want, you want to be safe. Okay, yeah, yeah, Google, say yes, take down those videos. That's, what, that's how it goes. But you have to allow that. Or, or somebody else that the government says, you know, I mean, unless I'm in power, somebody's going to do something wrong, <laughs> right? Yeah. Unless it's me running the world. Yeah. <clears throat> um, safe is an illusion. Yeah. God himself is not safe. Truth itself is not safe. And we, we dilute... And dilute ourselves thinking that it might be. The world is not a safe place. Period. So there are there are bad people, and uh, and the, and the thing is, I, I have a when I used to my sister used to be married to this guy that drag raced, and so his her her father in law at the time was really involved at Vandermeer Racetrack. Anytime there was an accident, he'd be the first person on a committee to say, okay, what can we do? What should we do? This accident happened. This guy overshot the, the sand pit, crashed into the wall. What should we do? We need to put something in there to make it safe. 
That's different. You're racing cars. You're going as fast as humanly right. possible. It's not safe activity. Right. That's the first thing. It's not safe to begin with. <clears throat> but when he says that, it's like he's the kind of guy that wants policy, wants these things to make that sport safer. And that seems completely legit. And when you get into restricting the freedom for people to be bad yeah. in any way, that's bad because then that means the government has enough power to restrict whatever they say is bad. Yeah, who gets to decide what's bad, right? Yeah, and, and, I, and this, is, this is where it gets hard for me because I, okay, let's say percentages. If 90% of the people say it's bad, is, is that good? No, because I'm probably in the minority in some of the things I believe, and so are some other people that are really... In fact, if those minorities aren't allowed, that 10% grows to 15, grows to 20, eventually gets to the point where it's like people are being like, oh, that 90% was wrong! Because what how, What percentage of the people thought the world was flat or whatever? Anyway, you know, we could... Jeez. So speaking of safe, I think it was Jonathan Hyde. Uh, that was, was talking about mm, oh, gotta keep drawing on the cigar I'm talking too much mm, gotta, I'll comment on the cigar in a minute mm-hmm. or you can but Jonathan Haidt was, was dealing in this college's bastions of, of leftism usually <laughs> in the United States trying to create these safe spaces and <laughs> just really for, for kids yeah, and he, yeah. got, he got on and I think I think he's based in Chicago or New York somewhere anyway but he said I think he used Chicago as an example some college in Chicago said what if X college said as their campaign for next year said we're the most we're the most dangerous college in the United States be a just, step in the right direction oh my gosh <laughs> how many kids would be chomping at the bit to go there oh my gosh except, except that it's in Chicago <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It might not have been Chicago, whatever it was, but he said X college, whatever. So this is the most dangerous place in the world. Mm -hmm. Think twice before you send your kid here. Every every kid in the United States would want to go there. But what's 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 so what's such the big deal? Mm -hmm. And that's what it ought to be. Yeah. We, you know, when I was twenty two, when I was nineteen, I had kind in some ways more stupid guts, but I had more guts. Yeah. And that was good. Some of my softening is probably good. I'm softer. I love my girls. I love my wife better. But some of my softening is, is just lazy. Hmm. And being comfortable, as it's, I want to make some money, I want to be comfortable, I want to smoke a good cigar. But some of the laziness, letting somebody else run things, at some point, they're going to step on my toes and I'm not going to like it. Yeah. We've gotten so soft. I was thinking about it on the way over here. Just, well, I guess, man, I don't want this to take forever, but <laughs> what what we like about Jesus is that he will come and put all things to right. There's the, added, the idea of true justice. Just, I mean, real justice. And... That is something that we ought to pursue, is the idea of things in their right place. That is to assert that there is a such thing as a right and wrong, and it is we should ought to fight and to struggle always to get those things in their correct place. Now, if your ideas <clears throat> and your way of life are so weak that you cannot defend them or justify them, but instead you are seeking to find a quote-unquote safe place to hide with them, 
then maybe you should start to think about some other ideas, some other options, you know? Because that's all I see the safe place thing is. I mean, it was originated for, uh, for LGBT people to go and be safe with their proclivities, these safe spaces, so that they couldn't be ridiculed or, or, or talked down to or made to feel guilty for, the, for their ideas, their beliefs about, what they, about their sexuality or whatever. That's where the idea originated. Here's the problem. You can go in your safe space with your ideas, and nobody will attack you in there. But as soon as you come out of your safe space, their truth and, and your intellectual enemies will be right there waiting to go to battle with you. Now, you either have two options. You can either stand and fight and defend your ideas, defend your what you want to do, your actions, or you can you can give them up. But the idea of a safe space for bad ideas is just, it's a... Well, but, uh, yeah. It's false. <clears throat> the idea of a safe space, kind of, period. Um, mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> that, again, it depends how we define safety. I want to go back to Jesus in a second. It depends how we define safety. Oh, I the kind of, and we can come back to this if you want, I kind of like the idea of physical safety. I like the idea of physical aggression being... Um, you know, on some level, illegal. Um, that, and also, I also like the idea that sometimes, in some cases, I might punch someone and pay the hundred dollar fine. Both of those, I like. I, I'm a nonviolent person. In fact, most of the martial arts I study. You, you believe that violence should be uh, discouraged <clears throat> yes. in society. Yeah. yeah, violent acts of physical aggression, right. not violence defined by <laughs> words, okay? Because yeah. everybody's that's, redefining everything. It's sad that you have to make that distinction, I know. but it's it true. Is, it yeah. is sad. It's a good distinction. That's how it's defined, and I think that's how we, we should define public, public discourse. It should be defined that way, that, yeah, you're, you're guaranteed some level of physical, physical safety. Uh, as, as much as as much as can be guaranteed, I mean, the idea that you're guaranteed any safety is a little bit of an illusion. But back to Jesus. That was my little safety. Well, may, can I have one mm -hmm. thought? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That's why we have the First Amendment. Because that's something that our founders believed in, that your ideas ought to be, you ought to be secure in your ideas. You should be able to say whatever you want to say, as long as you don't hurt somebody else with it. Is that... It hurt someone physically. You, per, yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah so... Because this goes back to the human condition, and when you, when you talk about Jesus putting everything right, true justice, and everything, and, and this, is, this is me, and I think you would admit that it's everybody, mm -hmm. we want true justice as long as Jesus is stepping on someone else's toes. Yep, that person wronged me. Yeah, get him. But the moment Jesus steps on my toes, it's a lot harder. And that's the human condition. And then I'm like, well... <laughs> Get, you know, back off. There's a lot worse people over there. Go get, go put justice on them, not not on me. Don't make because I, I, all I did was lie. You know that. You know, I just stole a little bit of money. I didn't steal that much. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, we have to realize that putting everything right means putting everything right. <laughs> and I think that when I say that's the appeal of Christ. My struggle against falsehood is in my own heart as well, and I fully acknowledge that. That's one of the reasons why I want to see Jesus come. Is that I, I need to be, I need to help, I need help doing away with the falsehood that's in my own heart. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that that uh, yeah, 
And that, but the whole idea of that is not safe. And you were talking about that, you know, I, I buck against the idea of my own toes being stepped on because that's unsafe. I won't be safe then in my, right. in my things. Well, guess what? <laughs> You're not safe anyway. Well, and, and to embrace that it's wild and it's not yeah. tame and it's, and injustice isn't safe or feel good. It's, it's a reality and it's bigger and it's worth chasing. And I would say as a, as a proud Christian, Jesus is the only person that can, Jesus is the best person to have step on your toes. He is the one person that can that can step on you with justice and love you at the same time. He's the safest person to hug you at the same time he's saying, quit doing that. That's not right. And that's what's amazing about Jesus. I mean, read the Gospels. That's the thing. He's He can be just, stepping on your toes, telling you where you're wrong, at the same time saying... You're, I'm still holding your hand. I'm, I still have my arm around you, and, you, and you're, yes, you're still wrong. Yeah, and that's what's amazing. So, cigar update. <clears throat> you? I just had a really big retro hail that was mm -hmm. a little bit shocking, but it was uh, overall. I love the blend of the tobacco with the with the sweet tip and the infusion. It's really really pleasant. I haven't. I, I'm not noticing this as a particularly strong cigar, though, and I maybe just am getting more used to it. But um, are you still feeling that it's not mild? Well, I, I would put it. I would put it in the medium. I, and it might be this. There might be two Cuba Cubas. There might be a Maduro, and there might be a regular. I don't know if the regular is a Connecticut or not. But I think the there might be two, because this one I think is is a, a bit stronger and stronger depends on what you're comparing it to, obviously. But I think. This is not the milder of the two. It's it's not strong by any means, but it's a stronger than I was anticipating. Mm, okay. And in fact, it's better. I think it's better than the other one. If if in <laughs> fact there is a milder one, and this is the stronger of the two, this one's better. There's more flavor. Um, and I haven't retrohaled any yet, and I should to see what I'm getting. But it, the, but the sweetness is is there. Um, there's just and it's the. The tobacco blends together well. You got to be careful with saying mild. As far as nicotine strength, it's not. It's mild. It's not very strong. But flavor-wise, it's meat. It's it's definitely got a medium profile. It's you can taste the flavors. Um, not not super powerful. It doesn't have. I'm not getting kicked with coffee. Usually, coffee tends to be a stronger one, particularly if it gets bitter. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, this is this is nice. And what are we? A third, almost a half. I'm getting down there. Yeah. So. <clears throat> like the sweet tip. I should comment on the punch cutter because mm -hmm. I, I like my idea about this and so I'll try to sound cigar smart. Um, I've heard the punch cutters are bad because they only, they don't open up enough of the cigar. Cigars are made to cut off so you get the full draw. I do like if they're sweet tip cigars just punching a little hole because you get more, you're not cutting off all the sweet. I think that's, I think that's a good way to do it with, with this cigar. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I punch cut it as well, and I'm not getting any... I mean, I, the draw is easy and fine. It's nice. Don't feel like it's restricted. I don't think I've ever had a true cigar that's not had a great draw. Hmm. That And that's that's saying a lot. You're producing, you know, a million cigars a year. It's... Are they all <laughs> hand-rolled, or do they machine-roll? The... Um, to my knowledge... All of Drew's cigars are hand rolled. They they might they might have a super low level one that's a maybe a mixed filler that's machine rolled, but to my knowledge, they're all hand rolled. And in fact, are they are they Dominican? I can't remember. Can't remember. I know where they are, but I'm forgetting where it is. 
fact, it's a place I'd like to visit, so I think it'd be neat. I've, I've heard that it's a really cool place to visit where they roll them. I've seen some videos of the factory and stuff. But, all right, so, yeah, I'm liking this. Good? Yeah. Really I'm not trying to identify the flavors. In fact, that's one of the challenges with a sweet-tipped sweet one. Yeah. You get the sweet, and then you're like, oh, I'm tasting the sweet. What's, what's behind it? Yeah, it is tricky. Well, your cigar palate is more educated than mine. I'm having a really hard time tasting much besides the sweet. Hmm. I don't know. Might maybe. Okay, I'm 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 reaching. I like to admit when I'm reaching and when I'm not. This, this, so this isn't super clear to me. Maybe raisin. Maybe maybe caramel. Did you say caramel? Uh huh. Yeah, I'm getting sweet sweet stuff. I would I would definitely go with <clears throat> with peach or raisin in there maybe. What is the filler on this? Do you know? Um, no, I don't. I should have looked it up. I didn't. Uh, I like looking at. I would guess probably Honduran and Dominican because I just think that's probably how they would do it. I'm not smart enough. I watched a guy YouTube video. I think he took five cigars. He might have been five for five. He 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 could tell you where the tobacco was from. That's and he amazing. Was right, and his 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 buddies like blind blind tested him five, uh -huh. five times. Wow. And he actually had one Cuban in there too. He's like, yeah, this is, this is Cuban. It's like that's that's a that's a educated palate. You have to you have to work at that. I, yeah, that's one thing. <clears throat> this will be a good shift of conversation. Been I've been thinking a lot about this because I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm watching I'm watching my friends specialize, okay, and they're really good at what they do, and they do the one thing, and they do do it really well. I have always been a generalist, and so when it comes to like really focusing in a bunch of effort on any one thing. I've never I, I kinda want to do that, but I've I've never had room, I guess, or made room in my life to do that. So like the whole idea of getting so good at tasting cigars that you could taste exactly where it comes from. It's like, wow, that would take so much time and effort. Would it be worth it? I find that hard to do with any area of life. I'm such a generalist. Well I speak I, to that. Yeah, that's <laughs> well honestly I and th this is the thing, I've probably done it I did it for my occupation for 16 years. I think getting getting good at evangelism, sharing faith, um, and doing that specifically with teenagers through through Youth for Christ. I think I did that for a while. So I, I think man, it was 16 years. I think I, I did all right at that. But in my hobbies, I realized, <clears throat> even though I'm not a professional, you know, wine blender, you know, I'm, I don't know if I drank an average of one bottle of wine a week, just being in wine club, learning from other people, uh, loving wine, more so even than probably I have smoked cigars, um, <clears throat> I got to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, people blind try to blind taste me. It's like, yeah, this is a cab. I know this is a Cabernet. No, no doubt. Or I'll say, well, it's cabby, but it might be a blend. It's got a lot of cab in it, and I can I can taste that. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I've done that for almost as long as I was in Youth for Christ. You know, sure. and that's been a hobby on the side. I'm definitely not up to par. I wish I could remember that guy's name that, that did that because um, I'd like to give kudos to him, but I can't. The guy that identified, I think, five of five of those cigars. But that's just, you learn. You learn what stuff tastes like. Um, <clears throat> was watching an educational video with one of the top sommeliers, sommeliers in, in the world. <laughs> it's a hard word to say. I'm not French. Um, and she, she was, I think, an American, 
that studied up in the ranks and was teaching this class. I thought I was going to go through the whole video with a friend, but we, we ended up not having time to do it. But you buy wine, like, for every class. And it was mm-hmm. super fun. Didn't even know Chablis was actually the Chardonnay grape, but it's grown in a particular area of France. The t- soil tends to be um, have a, a high particular mineral content. I can't remember the mineral, but it's kind of white, chalky, um, and that comes through in the wine. And so when I tasted a Chablis right next to a buttery Chardonnay that I like to drink, I'm like, oh, okay, wow, that's, yeah, I, now I sort of, at least in my brain, mm-hmm. I have an idea of why and what it is, yeah. and just with that little bit of education from that video, it's like, I don't know if I could identify a Chablis, because I don't drink as much white wine, but I love a buttery Chardonnay, and if I taste a wine and be like, oh, that sort of tastes Chardonnay, but it's not buttery, it's, does it have that... Chalky is that is that from the Chablis area in France? Then I'll sound really smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's funny that you know in Europe that wine it, in general, I think in, in Europe and France, the wine is named for the region. There's a reason that particular Chardonnay grape tastes is called Chablis and tastes like it tastes. Here it would just be a bottle of Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and and I think there are differences. You can. I mean, Oregon Pinots taste different than Napa Pinots. That's a red wine. I, I, I know Pinots a little a little bit, but the Oregon Pinots are, I think, are. It, it depends, and there's crossover. But um, California wines are sweeter than European wines, that kind of thing. You do it long enough, you you learn that, and it doesn't take. The the neat thing is that I've learned from studying martial arts. Maybe I've done more things than I think I have for years. But studying martial arts, um, if you do anything you know, 15 minutes to an hour a day for two years, you're going to be better than just about everybody in the world mm-hmm. at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'll be a, you know, the 1% of the people in the world might be as good as you. Mm-hmm. But there just aren't people that spend time at things. And sometimes people do that in their hobbies more than they do in their work. But whatever. Putting the time and effort into it. So... I felt like that felt like that was a long rant. You should say something now. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 a reality. <clears throat> I think the biggest struggle for me is is knowing where to pour life into, um, knowing what to pour life into. You know, um, I I don't know if if it would serve me well to focus my efforts and and activities into one arena versus the other, or if I'm just gonna be the kind of guy that does a lot of different things and does them okay but i'm not really the best at anything you know i'm okay so i don't know how to i'm just thinking out loud that's what we're here for i'm the best that i the best person i know at a handful of things but that doesn't mean that i'm you know, the be- like really professional quality at them, you know. You're way better at skinning a chicken. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about, <laughs> like like uh, butchering. We, we yeah. uh, I'm a de- halfway decent butcher. I wouldn't say I'm like professional grade butcher, but as far as like home butchering of just about anything, I can get it done, and I can get it done with a relative amount of efficiency and have a good finished product. That seems to be the, 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 uh, the way I've rolled with a lot of different things. I can, I can get by, I can hang with, I could hang with a. I could go into a butcher shop and hang with a butcher, you know, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, you know, it's just interesting. I often wonder if I'm short selling myself in my life mm-hmm. by just by kind of knowing just enough, you know, to to do decently, uh, or whether I should just drop everything and just like 
do this one thing, you know. It's, a, it's been a constant struggle for me. Well, that is how people live their life mm-hmm. year, years ago, you know. I mean, and, and your family. It's like, uh, what, do you, what do you mean you want to be a stonesmith? We're a family of butchers, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's, that's just how yeah. it went. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, little update on the cigar. I always think that people that don't, it's not to be condescending, but people that don't, enjoy tobacco think it's funny when you say a cigar or pipe tobacco tastes like tobacco (laughs) but it's like when i retrohaled there was a i I was kind of like what am am i getting it's like i think i'm just getting a a really a really nice kind of sweet tobacco and i'm not sure if the sweet's coming from the tip or just coming from tobacco but as i exhale there's a little bit of there's a little bit of spice in that it's a kind of a sharp Mm -hmm. uh, retrohale yep but it was it was just really, really nice tobacco because there's really nice tobacco and there's really crappy tobacco. Mm-hmm. And it was a really nice kind of tobacco that came in the back of my throat, and it was a pleasant retrohale, except for the little bit of little bit of burn, mm-hmm. um, probably from the nicotine or something else. How, in the tobacco. Is it possible that the infusion <clears throat> exacerbates that? It could. I'm. I don't know enough to answer that. Um, so, but uh, this is this is a great this is a great cigar. I'll 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 have this one again. I'll, I'll keep these in the rotation. This actually um, is the few one of few cigars that my wife really doesn't mind if I smoke. Ah. <laughs> this, the Cuba Cuba, and they make these in different gauges, do they not? Oh yeah, well I think so. Um, most cigars generally they do. Yeah. Um, one of the things that happened when Drew got bought out, the the diversity I think kind of diminished. Like if they weren't selling very many Coronas. They quit making. They might have quit making Coronas. That's a speculation. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the two sizes that are popular are the Toro and the Gordo, which they're both almost the same. They're roughly four to five inches long and a fifty-two or fifty-four ring gauge somewhere in there. Those are common across the board. All cigars. Those are if you're going to get one, if you're going to buy a five pack inexpensive, that size is what you're going to find usually. I like Coronas. I've said that before. Actually, I probably prefer. Pantelas or Lanceros, but they're even harder to find. Um, but they've they've grown in popularity. In fact, uh, Tatuaje has released two boxed collections, like where you get like ten of their cigars all in Lanceros. So they're oh quite a bit bigger than a pencil, um, a, a, a pinky, my my pinky finger, mm-hmm. about that size, but they're eight inches long. They're I suppose you could call it a Churchill, but skinnier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are nice because you get. The wrapper, yeah, to more filler, wrapper you, to you get more wrapper, which is where most of your flavor is. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are pretty nice. Years ago, I used to, what was it? Uh, I know it was a, um, gosh, what's the cigar? It's every, uh, I'm blanking. I'll come up with it in a second. But it used to used to be one of my favorite cigars. I buy it in a Lancero. And it was a cigar that some people consider a little mild. But it was great in a Lancero. I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. Anyway. Hmm. Macanudo. I knew I did. Uh. It's a Macanudo, one of theirs. And it's... Uh, Macanudo's just a great cigar. Who, who cares if you get... If, if some of it's mild, it's just really good tobacco flavor. They're, they're great cigars. I haven't had a bad one. Well, is there anything else? We've got... At least a third. Mm-hmm. How much time do we got? Well, I think we're at about 52 minutes. Okay, so we got eight minutes to solve all the world's problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think we will. 
but it's good that we um, it's good that we are dissatisfied with what we're offered in this age because uh, again our hope is in Christ and it is. You know, I, I oftentimes want to put things to right. You know, we joke about that. We have to solve all the world's problems. Well, he will. He do, he can, you know. And that's, it's probably good that we aren't, ha- like, happy and satisfied with what the world offers us. That's a good thing. Well, and I do think, I, I think it's good for the human spirit. We are human in addition to being spirits. So we're, yeah. we're, we're have this longing for Christ, putting everything right. But we do have this moment that we're... we're Right now, I, I admire a person that says, we got to make a decision now. You may not like this. It may not seem perfect, but we got to make a decision yeah. now because you're either making a decision to do it or to not have it done, which is a decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so people that sometimes make a decision, yeah, I could say that decision sucks, but it's probably better than not making that decision. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happens in politics a lot. I don't like the argument that you have to settle for a little now so that we can get more later. That's, yeah. a, that's a false narrative. But the idea that this is what we got now, and that's, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. okay. It's good to make a decision and, and do it, and, yeah. and and see where we're going from there. Yeah, for sure. Well, what are you doing this weekend, Doug? That's a that's a good question. My wife is taking the girls and going to the Forest Lake something craft festival or something. We call it the craft festival, but I can't remember what the real craft. Forest Lake probably craft it's festival. People bring their yeah, they buy tables and <clears throat> vend things. I think it's down in Van Buren County, but I'm not sure. Um, but my wife's going, and I'm supposed to have a work weekend. But some of my work I got taken care of ahead of time, and then some plans changed, so I don't have as much work as I have to do. So I've got some free time. Mm-hmm. Might might go to your yeah, camp out, come to roast, the camp out, Might yeah. do that. Um, I don't know. I might do some projects that aren't pressing. Sometimes that's nice. Just mm-hmm. say, hey, I don't have to do that. But I'd like get to get ahead, stay ahead. I want to put a climbing wall in our living room? For there the you girls. go. So, yeah. Anyway, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, you alluded. I'm. I've got the camp out this weekend. Our church annual church fall camp out, which is going to be kind of nice. The the, uh, the difficult part about the October camp out is always the fact that I feel like I ought to be in the field, picking corn, uh, or something. <clears throat> but, but you're making the right decision. I ho- I think I, I'm making the decision. I yeah, you're to. making the decision yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be kind of chilling by the lake, and we have a hog roast going tonight, and so that'll be good. That'll be it'll be a good time. I'm sure there'll be a little bit of running around and to and fro. Nobody ever stays at the camp out and just stays there. You know, usually life goes on, so we have to dart out and go feed feed animals or something. But but uh, no, it'll be a good time. A lot, of, a lot of good folks and a lot of good talk, and hopefully the weather will be nice. It's nice right now, but I think they're talking about rain for tomorrow. So we might be hunkered down. Well, I know this is a busy time of year for you. What I'm going to try to do, I've told you this, but I feel okay saying it on the recording too. If we can't connect because we're not making a living doing this mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to make a list of folks that I'd just like to sit down with. And so if you can't make it, and feel free if I can't make it, you know, same thing, mm-hmm. that just sit down and, and I'm, I'm probably in my mind thinking about people that might actually disagree with me some, which might make the, the, the conversation a little more um, hot. I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what word to use there. Mm-hmm. Volatile? Yeah, volatile. That's a good word. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hit the record button and, and see what we come up with. And um, it'll be someone that'll have to tolerate a cigar or drink some scotch with me or something while we, while we do it. 
So, um... It's bad enough to have to tolerate your ideas, but they're going to have to tolerate your vices as well, huh? That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, it would do me good to sit down and debate with people that disagree with me, because yeah. a lot of times they just hide from me. I know, and I, I'll tell you what, I can, I can say that I don't like leftists, but there are some liberal, liberal friends of mine who uh, would disagree with me on some things, but when I sit down with them, they're my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we're friends enough that we can even get a little loud. You know, <laughs> sometimes you're not, if you're not too good of friends, you can't get loud, right. but they're friends enough that we can get loud a little bit and we can get serious and we can have disagreements. And usually there's, there's some wine or something that we're sharing. And at the end of the night, we both love the Cabernet, even though we're a little different on how we want to solve. You're not, you so, may not love each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, close. I get you. No, so, I get you. I get you. And that's the thing. Any time that we get upset about ideas or actions from other people i really struggle i I don't struggle that's the wrong word i keep myself in check Uh i try to keep myself in check that the reason that i'm upset is because i love and want more for that person and you know if i ever if i ever come at somebody because i think they're being stupid it's never it's almost never just i don't hate them it's, I want more for I want no you you're you're better than this idea that you're that you're believing and 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 I think that that's yeah I mean and I I what I don't like is that oftentimes my and our I'll just throw everybody in our our fervency sometimes gets called hate when it's really not it's really I think it's love but yeah because we care. I'll, I'll close with this because mm-hmm. because I, I I like this and it gets me to mention Ben Shapiro one more time because yeah you I, go, you I, haven't mentioned him yet today so I think I did once oh did you yeah he was talking about discussing something I don't even remember the topic but he was like at his home with friends around his table and his wife's friends started to cry but her boyfriend was like agreeing with him like his Ben Shapiro's wife's friends boyfriend was agreeing with Ben Shapiro and his the friend, the girlfriend, started to cry, and the, the guy wanted to keep talking, and he said, "No." He's like, "At some point, we just, we just have to call it done." And he was, he was basically saying, "We've, we've, we've gone too far. If your, if your girlfriend is crying, we need to, we need to cut it off. Just, you know, wait uh-huh. till later." He, he was really caring about the person, yeah, not winning, not caring about the topic, and it was, and was glad. It really made me see a human side of him because he's, he's like this super machine of information when, when you watch him on his podcast now okay i will admit as much information as i take in in a week i don't get to ben shapiro ever unless it's in passing he's a pretty young guy is he not he is i think he's pretty close to your age i think i was surprised at how young he was i I was thinking of somebody else and and uh well i was super surprised he went to call he he started college when he was like 16 or something like okay so he like he fast-tracked through secondary education right into college uh, Harvard Law School, like he got out of Harvard Law School, I don't know, twenty two, something like that. Really oh, young, wow. like so. Hmm. Um, yeah, smart guy. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, yeah, so let's call it good for the week. All right, let's call it good. Well, uh, last comment on the cigar. We, you know, we like it. I don't have much more. It's it's been about the same as what we said. But we got a little more to smoke. We'll finish it up and, and without the record. Very good. See you next time. <laughs>